Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're going to talk about just a, a, it's going to be more than one part, but this is part one. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to first and foremost get the, the question answered concerning guilt and condemnation and, and be able to show us what does the Bible show and what does the Bible say to us? Because a lot of people get those two mixed up and, and ultimately live a full life of, uh, of condemnation. So what I want to do is I want to clear it up, but I'm going to clear it up by a study of the conscious because most people don't understand the Bible or how the conscience works. Though we do it all the time and we, make, we even make statements like, well, follow your conscience, right? You ever heard someone say that or you might have said it? Well, you know, that's cool to say, but you know, if your conscience isn't right, it's not the best thing to do. But I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you in the Bible. And I, I will cover a lot of different subjects in, in this, a lot of different scriptures. So that's why I'm saying it's just not a one-time thing. And why do we do what we do? For Monday, exactly. And, and what I know and what I believe 100% is that this is what it was for. It was not for a religious time on Sunday morning. It, not at all. It wasn't so that we could do some religious function. Not at all. It's about life. This is about life. And God's about life. I'm going to prove it. I'm gonna, I believe every time I open this thing up that I reveal a whole different picture than most people have about God and about what this faith is about. I believe by telling the truth, showing the truth, it sets people free from a religious ideology, which robs you, robs you of freedom. It robs you of the ability to live life the way God planned it. And he, Jesus said in himself, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. Well, when do you live life? You live it on Monday or just on Sundays? Y'all die after you leave church? No. So we're going to get into the word and we're going to allow this thing to impact us, influence us, transform us, change us. I mean, do whatever it takes to make me better in every area of life. And if you're coming in here, you better make a list because I'm not checking off one thing. I, I want you better husband, better wife, better mom, better dad. I want you to be the better, best friend there. We're lacking in those areas. Someone that iron sharpens iron that's going to take you up to another level. Not like everybody else that's just going to agree in your nasty self. All right, let's move on. Getting me all excited. Guilt in the scripture is the Hebrew word asham, asham. And what it means is the regret of having done wrong. The regret of having done wrong, it's a negative evaluation of self. Negative evaluation of self. Feeling of not feeling right. That's guilt. Now, condemnation is different, a different Hebrew word, and it's katakrino, and it means to press, to pass final judgment, to declare something to be bad, unfit, unvalid, unworthy, no hope. See the difference between guilt and condemnation? Now, we need to recognize what, what is guilt about, where does it come from, and condemnation. And by going through the understanding, the study of the conscious, you're going to find out. 
And I promise you, the, the moment I understood this, it changed my life. It changed my life in my perspective of life and how I viewed myself, my understanding of, of God, his love. I could, I could relate more to mercy and grace in a different view now. It, it just impacts you in a great way. So I'm, I'm really pumped. Not that you can tell, but I'm really excited to get in this thing. And I know you're ready because you already confessed it. All right. So Genesis chapter 3, we're going to start there. Verse 9 and 10. Because we're going to the beginning. You want to lay a foundation, especially when you're looking at... Uh, one thing I learned in, in Bible college uh, is that when you want to find a true definition of a specific word, you go to the beginning of that word. That's going to get your clearest picture of that word. Now, through the process of time, that word can change. We know this. We, we know this. We, we know words in Old English that are not the same as they are today because there's a change in the meanings of these words. We, we see it all the time. And so this is a understanding that you have to look at when you're trying to find out what does this word really mean? What's the basis, the context of this word? So I can get the true meaning later on of what that word or what the context of scripture is showing me. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the beginning, and that's Gen. And you can't get more beginning than this, right? Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Now, this is after Adam and Eve's little time with the enemy, Satan. Now, remember, God created everything for them and said, it is good. There's nothing. This is great stuff. And he did it all for them. Everything created was for them. And then God brought them into this perfect, perfect world. Perfect world. Perfect. Nothing had to be added. Nothing had to be taken away. It was perfect. And so Adam and Eve have this whole big, this, this, we don't know the size of it. I mean, it, it, but it doesn't matter. It's just two people. I mean, you can live in, you know, Goodyear and it'd be gigantic for two people. So the point is, is here they are in this beautiful, beautiful place. And God says, it's all yours. Everything. It all belongs to you. Everything. I, except what, see way over there in the, in the middle of all this goodness, there's one tree, that tree that right there. It, it produces a type of fruit. I don't want you to touch that. I don't, not touch it. I don't want you to eat that one. I don't want you to eat it. Adam, Adam look, it's the one. No, look a few miles down there. Yeah, see it? See the top of it? it do you, don't touch that. Look, get through all my goodness and go to that one bad tree. And so he, he, shows, him, he shows him and says, now, the reason why I want you to understand this is because if you eat of that, in the, in the New King James, King James, it says, surely die. You'll surely die. In the Hebrew, it says, in dying, you shall die. In dying, you shall die. And that's, that's something that you have to understand when it comes to uh, uh, being a follower of Jesus, because you can really engage with Jesus's life in that concept of understanding in our lives. In other words, when you are spiritually alive, to God, that's, that's that eternal place 
Jesus was sinless with no sin nature. Anybody going through what Jesus went through would have died. Do you understand that? Anybody physically would have died. But Jesus couldn't die until. Everybody say until. Jesus couldn't die until the sins of the world, all your sins, all mine, all the sins forever and then, and the curse came upon him. He took them upon himself, then spiritual death. And you might go, wow, Jesus didn't spiritually. Oh, he didn't? Then why did the father turn away from the son? And that's what the Greek says. He literally, in disgust, turned away from Jesus. Why'd that happen? Because sin was now upon the life of Jesus. But remember, he didn't commit sin, but he took ours. Then he died. He could not die until sin came upon him. Adam, Eve, could not die until sin entered into them. Once sin enter in, the Bible says, in dying you shall die. Well, their spirit now is dead, but they're still alive, right? Exactly. But they can physically die. And after a certain amount of time, they physically died. Now, you guys got that? All right, understand this. It's good, good instruction there. So he says, in the place where Adam and Eve did what they shouldn't have done, the Bible says that they now looked at themselves in shame and realize that this is not a good place to be. I don't know how long this takes. When you read it, it's almost like you're going, oh, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, an hour, an hour later. We don't know. All I know is, is once that happened, there was a change in them. Now, please, I want you, listen, I can, I'm, I'm gonna, when I teach, there's great nuggets of truth in this that you can really get impacted if you just pay Follow what I'm saying and hear these things because I'm going to go in a little different way in instructing, instructing concerning the Father and it'll impact your life just in this message, just in his action. Now look at this. It says, the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So Adam said, y'all ready? I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He did what? I heard your voice in the garden. Now the previous scripture says, and God came to the garden and in the garden, he was doing what he always did with them. He came at a certain time, the Bible says, in the cool of the day. So it had to be probably um, evening time, you know, starting to get cooler out. Uh, you know, Eden wasn't Phoenix, you know. Cool of the day is like at four in the morning. But, but the point is, is he came at a time that was normal. But I want you to understand that he came at a time the same way he's always come. He came not with a thousand angels of fire, not with a burning anger and hatred, not with an attitude of, I'm going to beat some kids of mine. No, no. But see, you have to read the scripture and allow the scripture 
to teach you, not religion, not your goofy uncle's belief, not YouTube's thoughts. What does the Bible say? This revelation can change you because at the very beginning, he screwed us all, Adam did. All of us. This ain't a, whoops, you know, I, 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 I you know, broke a twig. I shouldn't have broke a twig or I stepped on a, you know, a squirrel and there's no death in heaven yet and I really blew it. We're talking about the whole nature of mankind's changed now because of what he did. And God comes on the scene the same exact way, knowing that this has been done. But the Bible didn't say, and Adam said, and I heard your scary voice, and I heard you yelling, and I heard, he didn't hear nothing but he, what he always heard. Who changed? He did, not God. Oh my gosh, you guys better get excited, or I'm going to get excited for you. So God shows up and he's doing the same thing. If I'm God, I'm not doing that. I'm not walking in the cold day. I'm slamming down right in front of him with lightning and fire. I mean, I'm going to be glowing, burning. And I'm going to be, what? Because I know how this really messed everything up. But what does God do? See, I'm showing you the character of your father. The one that you think is causing hurricanes and killing people. I'm telling you, I know what people do. I used to be that person. But he's a good God. Say he's a good God. If you don't understand that, it'll come. I'm telling you, you be a good dad. You have the ability to instruct your children. You have the ability to discipline them and get upset. But it don't last. That's a good dad. But the concept of God is he's going to get mad at you and make you pay for years, months. He's a God that's going to carry that. He's going to hold an offense toward you, which is everything so unbible. But you don't know how many people believe that way. I did. But that's not my God. I know him. I know him in a great way. And you might go, How? This, this thing showed me. And using common sense, not allow religion to define it, allow what the word of God in the context of scripture. And it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. So here we have the whole thing where God now shows up, calmly shows up, knows he's guilty, know they screwed up. What is he going to do? And the Lord God said, what? Where are you? Now, anybody ever play hide and seek? Did you ever find the person that was hiding and go, where are you? Anybody in here? If you did, I want to play hide and seek with you because I'll own you. <laughs> no, I, would, would you do that? No. Well, why in the world would you think God's doing that? Because he's not. He knows where he is. He knows who, where he knows. Adam and Eve are like behind a bush. It's so different than where they were. Because the Bible says, I heard your voice. I hid myself behind a bush. God could have went, one, two, here I come. <laughs> Ready or not. But God didn't do that. So what happens? He shows up. 
to Adam, Eve, and says, why are you where you're at? That's what he says. Where are you in the Hebrew should be, you need to tell me where you're at here. Where are you at here? I've had God just in my heart do that many, many times. Usually it's after my whiny, crying prayer. You don't know the church is so mean to me. No one really loves me. Where you at, Daniel? I'm in selfish mode. At least I'm real. I get over it, though. It don't take me too long. A couple days. <laughs> so he says, where are you? He says, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, God, who told you that you are naked? Now the Hebrew literally says this, how'd that revelation come? How'd that revelation come? Now follow the story because we're going to see something very, very, very important. First of all, we're seeing the father, how he works. You think he's the one coming down and saying, you're no good, you're rotten, and you're going to burn in hell. You'll never be good. I can never use you because of your sin. And that's how people pretty much play God in their minds. They use the, the, the condemnation has to be connected to God, and it isn't at all because I got scripture to back it. That's why I'm making that point blank statement. Condemnation does not come from God. God meaning Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all right? does not come from them at all. So we have the guilt and condemnation we got to look at, and we see condemnation being this ultimate judgment and guilt being that, that place in our conscience where we're like going, ah, that, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that, all right? But I'm going to show you about conscience that we can't put everything on our conscience and say it's going to be all perfect because your conscience changes. It could change for the better, change for the worse. I, was, I wasn't a Christian all my life. I lived out in their world, okay? And in the world, I acted the way the world acts. I talked the way the world talks. After I became a follower of Jesus, through a process of time, I started, my conscience started changing. The words that I used to say that would fly out didn't work that way anymore. And when I heard them, my conscience felt weird. Now, don't get me wrong, because what I don't want you to do is believe that, well, that's the conscience everybody has. It's the conscience I had. Because I had friends that were raised good, and there are certain cuss words that I couldn't use that they used, and their conscience never said that's terrible. Are you hearing me? So in other words, the conscious, your conscious, which by the way is not your soul. People want to say that that's your soul. No, your soul is your mind, will, and intellect. Your conscious is a part of the soul, but it's not the completed part of the soul. It's the part, it's a part of the soul. Do you follow me? I don't want to lose anybody. All right. So in that, we will get to a place where we start seeing, okay, this is making sense now. And that's what the Bible's always wanted to do for us. 
Let's get it to make sense. Not spiritual craziness where you're like going, oh, I'll never get there. I could never be like them. You know, I used to be that way. I used to talk that way. But it's lack of understanding. It's ignorance. We got to get to the place where, you know, there's, there's no barriers for anybody in here. Sky's a limit. Sky's a limit for everybody in here. All right. So he says, I was afraid and then I hid myself. Now, what, what took place? Fear came upon him because of what? Because of his conscience. Who revealed it to him? Did God reveal it? No. Did the devil reveal it? <laughs> you guys are naked. Did the devil reveal it? Why didn't he? Why, why isn't anybody talking about this? Who talked to them about them being naked? They're conscious. Why? Because chapter 225 says, and they were naked and not ashamed. There was no shame in their life. They were walking around all naked. Nudist colony, two people. They were fine. This is all good. There's nothing wrong. Why? Because in the perfect world that was created, they were created perfect. There's no sin. So in the vision, in their view, in their mind's eye, in everything with them, there's nothing wrong. The moment that they partook of what God said, don't eat. Oh, by the way, let's throw this in here. Eve, remember Eve? Eve's talking with the devil. Caring conversation. Adam is behind Eve somewhere. Who knows what he's doing? He's got the game on. I don't know. So he's there with her because the Bible says so. But Eve is communicating to the enemy and the enemy says this. Did God really say? Did God really say? The enemy's always going to get that with you when it comes to the Bible. He wants to know what you know. So Eve said, well, God did say this. He said, this fruit, you can't eat it or touch it. God never said that. God never said that. But somehow Eve, in her understanding, got it crossed in her mind that we don't need to even touch that. Now, my thoughts, my thoughts, not what the Bible, but my thoughts are this. Adam was telling her, say, hey, God said we can't eat this beautiful. We can't eat this thing. All right. I just want to make you aware we got everything around us, but we can't eat that. God said this one tree you can't eat. By the way, don't even touch the thing. That's where I think it came from. <laughs> Haven't you guys ever done something like that? You're like, let's go extreme. Yeah. Don't eat the cookie. Matter of fact, get away from the, don't even come six feet around the cookie. <laughs> right? Don't we do that? I believe Adam did the same thing. You get to heaven, you'll find out I'm right. All right. So anyway, so, so in her concept, she's doing what? She's doing what she believes that God said. Now, why is this important? Well, if you listen, you're going to find out. She took of the fruit. First she saw, this is how it always operates. Sin 
or the ability to go to the level you don't want to go to starts right here in your eyes. In your, you, don't need, you don't need to go, get caught up in porn or anything else because of wordings or sounds. All you have to do is see pictures. You see pictures and that's the start. You guys hear? Pictures. Keep the pictures out and y'all be good. That's why the world, how, how the analytics are ran and everything, they're ran to produce pictures. They are, you don't get no story. You're not hearing a story. You're not seeing a story. They want to get you on a picture. Anybody know what I'm talking about in here? You guys act like you don't have iPhones or computers or stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You're probably just guilty right now. Stay away from the pictures. So we taught our kids early on. When, when specific things on the movies, don't look. That's no big, just don't look. And my kids do it to this day. Don't look. Now I hope that carries on, you know, that if they go to the movies with their friends, which they won't. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Because, you know, friends aren't brought up like my kids. Maybe they're, maybe they're taught to sit there and stare and, you know, carry all kinds of images. But I would love to know that my boys, you know, would sit there and go like this, no matter what their friends did. Because they weren't raised in my house. Period. And I know a few other pastors that do the same way I do. And I'm not saying my kids are better than yours. They are. But they, anyway, no. <laughs> did I say that? I'm just kidding. Of course, I'm a parent. I'm going to be that way. I'm not a little league dad, but I am a, I'm a parent that believes they're awesome. But the point is, is what I'm saying is this. It starts here. So being your dad spiritually, I want you to start looking away. I don't care what anybody thinks. Look away. You think, you think other people are going to look and go, oh, that's extreme. Why would, no, that's their thought. That's what they believe. That's what you do. It doesn't matter. You're you. Are you going to allow their, their opinion, belief system be empowering over your life? And that means you're not living life. They're living your life. That's stupid. Well, I got to be talking to some boy girlfriend thing going on right now because you're dumb. You're dumb anytime you start submitting to someone else's opinion that's beyond what's right and good. You got a, a, a life full of hell if you continued on that path. I'd rather you hear me right now and, and, and bring salvation, not Bible stuff, bring salvation to your soul and your life, deliverance, freedom. Then, yes. then for it to happen 20 years ago, I should have listened to pastor. All right, I'm getting upset. Let's move on. Because I don't want people to go through this stuff. All right? I don't. I want you to live the best life. I understand. My journey has not, it's been filled with crappy dough. But that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I could, I've gone through all that stuff and I can now help you not go through it. Wisdom lies in your ability to go, well, they walked down that path, fell on the hole. I won't walk down that path. Or when I walk down that path, I'll walk around the hole. That's all I'm wanting. I fell in the hole already. I don't want you to. All right. Thank you for one person. And followers, followers. <laughs> All right. So here, Eve grabs, now think about this, grabs a fruit. After she sees it, she grabs a fruit. And then what does she do? She eats it. 
Now follow what I just said. She thought, I, this is, listen, this is what I believe what scripture is showing me and us. Her belief is even if you touch it, you'll die. So she saw, she touched, and she didn't die. So I don't know if she went, it looks so good and it's tempting her and she grabs it. And I guarantee you, she probably went like, huh. You guys follow me? Have you ever heard this teaching before? I've never have. So what happens? I believe because she believed something that wasn't true, Oh, this is too good. See, she believed she wasn't supposed to touch it. She'd die if she did. So what just happened? Was that a true or a lie? That's a lie. Are you guys hearing? That was a lie, right? But what happens is she now goes into a position of sin because she believed a, quote, scripture that wasn't true. And I believe right there we can find out a lot of people's lives have been messed up because they didn't understand what Scripture meant or what the truth of that Scripture was, but they're living as it was true, but it's not. It's a lie. And because that lie didn't produce or react the way it should have, they go to the next level. And that's what Eve did. She went to the next level. So she went, wow. I, I guess it, no big deal. Ow. Adam. Ow. And then something starts happening. And this is what I believe opened us up all since that point of time. The spirit now moved out, which they didn't work with conscious because of where they were at. Their conscience was a part of them, their soul, but it wasn't in any position of authority until they started to allow themselves to get into an atmosphere opposite of what they should have been doing. So do you see what I'm saying? Why are they by this tree in the first place? You got the Garden of Eden. What do you think? It was four trees? I created you all this world and everything. And here's the garden even. There's, there's four trees here. Eat at any one you want except that one. That would be a mega temptation, wouldn't it? But it wasn't that way. Trees, the Bible says. Bushes, plants. We're talking hundreds and thousands all over the place in one. So why are they over there? That's the thing. Somehow they're around that area. And, and, and Satan... We don't know what a serpent, we'd call it snakes and do all that stuff. And if, you know, if you've seen snakes, you're like going, yeah, they're nasty. I can't stand snakes. I'm not scared of them. I just want to kill them all. And I would be truthful and say, there have been many times I look like a little girl running through the desert or forest because of snakes. But I won't say that. Though it would be true if I did say that. Many times. But the point is, is it's, it's evil, but it's not looked as evil. And the Bible says that the enemy is as an angel of light. 
So I don't believe the enemy looked evil. I believe the Bible shows us that he was filled with wisdom. He was filled with the ability to articulate in a way that grabbed their attention. That's the devil. He knows you. He knows how to talk to you, right? So here he is pulling on Eve and Adam, and they both get in this atmosphere. The first thing is atmosphere is the problem. People always say, I got a problem with this. I got a problem. Then why are you going to the club? I just like the music. See, that, that's like, I don't know how to be a winner. I mean, that's ridiculous. And you get into atmosphere that creates the nasty in you. Now, here they are in this atmosphere. You know what? Hell, it's like Joseph. Remember the story of Joseph? And, and he's, he's like running this, 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 this general's home and business and prospering him. But his wife, the general's wife, is really crazy about Joseph. Joseph must have been some hot dude. You know, GQ. And so Joseph is all that and filled with wisdom, just an awesome guy. And she's like going, I need him. I need him in my life. I want him in my life. And so she's hitting him all the time. Joseph's like going, no, 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 lady, you're married. Get thee behind me, woman. So he's what? He's, he's clearing the atmosphere and protecting himself. But one day she traps him and literally rips off his robe and the Bible says that in that midst of being attacked by this woman, that would never happen today, in the midst of being attacked by this woman, he runs out of the house naked. Now, why he didn't have chonies, I don't know. I don't know if they didn't have, you know, fruit of the loom at those days, but either way, all I know is he's running naked outside the house. So what was the key? The key is, is he got to get out of the atmosphere. You don't get out. You sit there and go, oh, stop it. Don't do that. You're going to fall. And he ran out. Okay, there's, see, see, I said there's going to be some teachings that other than conscious. But they all have to do with conscious. So here they are in the atmosphere. They're in a place where they're now pushing the limit. And then they fall. The spirit now, according to scripture, the instant that happens, that this death of the spirit takes place. Now it's just the soul, and it rises up. And the soul is that, 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 that the area where consciousness helps us in the area of right or wrong, good or bad. Now, hear me, hear me, hear me. I'm not talking about it's this way forever. I'm talking about early in your life, in the early times, early stages. You can remember as a little kid doing something. No one's around. You, you know if you do that. In here, you go, oh, that's wrong. That little guilt, right? That little guilt comes upon you. See, where, what is condemnation? Condemnation is the guilt that is not released and enters into your identity. That's condemnation. It's guilt that is not taken care of, that continues to fester or to grow in your life, then enters into identity. You ever known to do something and, and you know you should or shouldn't do it, and you do it or you don't do it, and you're like going, ah, that was bad. But then you're 
mature enough or you have enough smarts to fix the problem? Do you guys understand that? Okay, that's not condemnation because condemnation don't work that way. That's guilt. Guilt can be fixed. Guilt can be taken care of. But what happened? Adam and Eve got guilt, but now shame come upon them. And when shame entered in, what's the next step? Fear. That's the reciprocal of faith. When fear enters in, you're now in the devil's territory. You're not in God's. You're in the devil's territory. That's why in this house, we say, I will not fear. I will no fear here, right? We're not falling for the psychologist, psychiatrist out there and say, well, a little fear is good. No, it isn't. No fear is good. No fear is good. I'll say it again. No fear is good. None. I wouldn't want to stop fear in my child. When we come to the road, I want you to look both ways. And the reason why is they're crazy drivers, like some people in love life. Crazy drivers on the road. So you look both ways and you cross. you got to be careful because it can be very dangerous. But you look both ways and you make sure you cross correctly. I don't have to sit there and say, Daniel, Matthew, come to Camelback. Now, what I want you to understand is, is if you cross, see that big truck coming? See, that can kill you. It can squash you like a bug. You, your head will be rolling down Camelback. That ain't, that is ridiculous, right? That's not how, how we operate in wisdom. See, people try to convince themselves, well, a little fear, I should have a little fear. No, you, you should have no fear at all. Why? Because God said no, and Jesus said no. And if they're saying don't have it, don't have it. Well, what if I'll do, what if I'm, it's going to save me? No, that fear doesn't save anybody. It binds you. It binds you. Yes, you can, you know, open up a dark room and someone be standing there. Why would they be standing there? I don't know. But they stand and then all of a sudden you go, whoa, like that. That doesn't necessarily, that's a startlement. That's being, whoa, what's going on? But if you're doing that in the middle of the day, there's a fear problem. All right? The point is, is that's not a position of fear. That's being startled. Y'all got that. All right. So the, the thing we, we look at is, is what's the process of what happened? Consciousness came alive in them, turned to shame, because now what is, what brought shame? You guys, I, I want you to go with me and get this. Were they naked before this? Yeah. Are they naked now? Okay, so the nakedness is not the issue, Right? The consciousness is the issue. Nakedness is not the issue. But think about what's going on in them. So the nakedness, in, in Scripture we see, it's a picture of being in the most vulnerable state. The Hebrew language, or in, in translation of Scripture, is without a vision, my people will what? Perish, right? Without a vision, what? My people perish. The, the Hebrew literally means this. Without a vision, my people become unclothed, naked. That means without a vision, you're at your most vulnerable state. That's why we all need vision. Hope you're getting vision right now. Not, not of nakedness, but I mean vision, all right? But do you hear what I'm saying, though? 
Okay, so if we're looking at this correctly, we're seeing, okay, here's a process of what's happening is that Adam and Eve now, they're spiritually, there's separation now. There's, this, there's not this connection of, of being perfect. And now the soul is now engaged completely in running their life, which consciousness now is engaged. So I believe that the instant that they partook, conscious went. It's not beforehand because it wasn't, it's not working right now. There's operate, they're not in sin. There's no position. The Bible says that Eve was deceived. Adam was guilty. Adam was guilty. So when Eve partook, Adam knew, no, no, that's wrong. So he knew already, but he knew that's a spiritual understanding, truth. He knew it was wrong, but he overrode that feeling, that understanding. Now they're in a position where that comes in upon them. And then the process of what? I was ashamed, the Bible says. I was ashamed and hid myself. Well, we're talking about God coming on the scene, same as he always has. Nothing's changed as far as what we see in, in Scripture. But their perception changed. Turn your neighbor and say, he's talking about you right now. Perception changed. What does that mean? It means everything you do from the point of change of perception is tied to how you see and recognize yourself. So now what do they do? Shame, hide. Before it was, hey, God's here. Let's hang out. God's here. I don't know what they did. They could have had some games they played. Who knows? I mean, it's just, you, you, the imagination go all over the place with that. But that's what they were used to. He's here. Hey, man, let's go, let's go check out God. It's so awesome to think about how freeing that was. But now they're hiding behind a bush that was created for them in perfectness. Now the goodness is being used for badness. Because now the bush is now part of hiding their state. Look how everything's being perverted now. And when you look out in the world, everything's like perverted. Everything, our view, our understanding, it just, it's a massive perversion because of tainted views. All I'm saying is, is I want you to do Set aside your Bible. Set aside, we're in church. I want to set aside all that. I want you to hear what I'm saying. Pretend you're on a college course or whatever. No, forget that. They, have to, they don't have a clue what they're talking about all this time. You're in a place that you're going to get your life changed. You want to know why do I do? Why do I act that way? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you why. Perception. But also, I need you to understand something. Your perception has not been the same since you were a child. But many of you right now, many of you live a life like you can't change because this is who you are. And that is a big fat lie. And you have no science, you know, I have no backing, you have nothing that can prove that what you're saying is correct. All you have to do is look back 5, 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever. All you have to do is look back in your life. And you can say, yeah, my perception has changed. Good for you. You're starting to be a wise person. 
Because if it can change to where it is now, it can change later. It can change now. It's all how this is viewing life. And it's all viewed through your perception. And what I'm saying, your belief system. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in Jesus. I didn't believe in, in, in Bible stuff. At one point in my life, I didn't believe in that. I got a Christian that's telling me about Jesus, that's trying to help me get my mind turned around, and I'm, I'm, I'm beating on this guy. I'm totally like going, man, I ain't following that dumb. That's not, you know, it's a trap, and all they want is your money. You know, all the stupid thing everybody says when they don't understand what this is about. And so I'm doing the same thing. But there is something different about this guy, and it totally freaks me out, and I'm upset about it. Why is this guy so different? Now, he ain't the, he ain't the other guy, because I had two of them at, at the work. The other guy was religious, and everything about him was, oh, you're going to burn in hell. Oh, yeah, <laughs> why even go to church? You're going to go to hell. And then he'd come up to me and say, you need to receive Jesus. And I'd go, why? No, I don't want to. You're going to go to hell. That's, that's his connection to his relationship. And you should have seen this guy. He lived like he was going to go to hell every time he did something wrong. And this guy was not perfect, but his life was so peaceful and so secure and so, so strong. He wasn't a wimp. And I couldn't stand it. He never ran after me, and I hated that. I wanted him to run after me. I, run, I wanted him to care more. And I would just mess with him. And he'd, and he'd look at me and he'd go, if you want to know something or something that I believe, why don't you just ask me? Don't hit me in my kidneys. I do dumb stuff. So I would go ask him. And then he'd tell me something so common sense. I'd go, nah, I don't believe that. This is ridiculous. This is what's going on in my life. Finally, I'm at a point where I can't, I don't get this guy. And, and life is not lining up the way it was before because now I'm like going, this is, this is freaking me out, all this stuff. And then I sat at home one night and I said, do I believe there's a God? Or do I believe I came from a monkey at the Phoenix Zoo? And I realized through my wise life, that there's no way in the world evolution at all can be true. No way in the world. And there's no way in the world, the Big Bang, because who did the Big Bang? Who stopped the Big Bang? In evolution, who created evolution? Why'd they stop at the monkeys? How come the other monkeys don't get to turn into humans? I mean, if it's all to perfection, why, why, why aren't they turning into? And why can't we find any monkey in between? Monkey tail, human leg, I just use common sense. Science isn't going to boggle my mind because it's not science. It's a lie. It's deception. There's no truth to it. They present it as, oh, this is all real. No, it isn't. It's fake. But this, we have a Bible that's been proven wrong. It's thousands and thousands of years old. It's never changed. And it can impact your life. And it does millions, countless millions since the beginning. I'm going with this. These planets, look at them. They're set perfect. There's no chaos out there. Even though they try to present it. They try to show us some pictures and they're going, when you read the fine tune, it's, well, you know, we, we painted them. You know, it's not necessarily the picture. 
it's, it's so, there's such a drive to get people from looking to God to looking at creation. Romans teaches that. And so what happens is, is, is people get caught up in this stuff. And I went, you know what? Now, I believe there's a God. I don't know how this all works, but I believe there's a God. That was a step and turning point in my life to where he came to me again. He came to me in a whole different way that just totally freaked me out. And he said, and I haven't been nice to this guy. I've even stolen some of his sales. I, I didn't need to. I was the top salesman. I did it because I wanted him to curse me out. I wanted him to get so mad at me. I, that's what I, I was trying to get him to be like me. He wouldn't, he wouldn't fall for it. Ultimately, he comes up and says, hey, you don't go to my house, go to lunch. I freaked out. I went, yeah, okay. I go to the stinking guy's house, his apartment, which he lived in the same apartment complex. And we're sitting there, he's making me a bologna sandwich. I, I, can, I can smell, I can see this whole thing. And he says, you know what? It's time for you to receive Jesus, isn't it? And I go, yes, I want to receive him. I want him. And he goes, okay, let's say this prayer. And I'm down on my knees. I don't know you're supposed to get on your knees. All I know is I'm down on my knees. All right, Jesus, Jesus. And I'm, just, I'm blasting out on this. And then I was finished. All I know is what I know, my story. It was like I was light. It was the most amazing thing. And I wasn't this loser and I have no friends and, and I'm just a junkie and I'm just, I, I'm a dig. I won nothing. I had a great, I had an awesome life. Friends, anything, anything and everything I wanted. But this Jesus thing impacted me. And my life was opened up. And that was the beginning to where I am right now. It hasn't been perfect, but it has been awesome. And it's been like this. And I continue to go this up, up, up. And that's what I hope happens to you. You continue to go up. Amen? It's, it's so important for you to get past religion, get past your opinions, get past what you think you know. To get to the place where you're like going, you know, I, the, the, the best place to be in this is to get to trust him and do this walk together. I would love if I had video of my early times with Jesus. I mean, it, it, was, it was real. I'd go to the park and just, I don't know how to pray. I don't know the Bible. I don't know anything. And I just talked to him. I didn't know there was anything wrong with just being normal. It's, it's just the way I started. And it helped me from becoming religious in actions. When I went to Bible college, it almost influenced me the wrong way. But I broke free from that. But I remember everybody was everything I didn't want to become. Not everybody, but most everybody. And the point is, is I saw so many people that were not free and so judgmental in Bible college. And I didn't want to become that. So after two years, I was out of there. Two years and $25,000 in debt moving right along. Student loans, yay. But the point is, is it, it, this journey is where it is now. 
because me and my dad, me and my Savior are tight. And we're tight because I chose it to be that way. He's always wanted it that way because it says before I even accepted him, before I even believed in him, he loved me. He started this thing, and I just jumped on the bandwagon of his love and goodness, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I, I know it's true. I believe it with all my heart. And, and anybody that knows my story, they know for a fact, because I've been saying this for years. I didn't do this to become something. I didn't do this so that I could be called a pastor. I've never, ever, ever been a title person. Never. I don't need to be. I'm secure in my identity. I have always been secure in my identity. Always. Always. My life has always been, I've either been a captain or first pick. So it's not an identity issue. It's a truth issue. It's a place where I got to, this is real, this is life, and this is right. And it's been this way from that point. And all I'm doing is asking y'all to don't think your conscience is going to be the righteous judge you think it is. Because a lot of you, and I'm going to teach, believe me, I'm going to get in depth in this stuff to show you the difference of good conscience and evil good and bad. I'll show you how it works, what happens. This is just a starter, and I hope that emotionally and in that area of spirit, you're engaged and going, yeah, this is, this is good stuff. This is good stuff, and I want to learn more, and that's what we're doing. We're starting this today so that you can get more learning and grow. Let's grow together, amen? Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you the truth of the word, and we have great expectation has, have to have transformation. That's what we want, we want to have a real life, a real new life. But our perception, it's going to be a process. We change through the renewing of our mind, and that takes time. But that journey is well worth it because you said you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You're always with us. You're always with us. You're always with us. And I thank you, Father, for your love upon all of us and your commitment 100%. That's forever for each and every one of us. You're an awesome God, and we love you dearly. If you're in here this morning, you've never said, Jesus, I, I want you. I want you to come in my life, just like I did. If you've been, never done this, if you said, just, I'm not asking you to, to pray anything about understanding a Bible. I'm just asking you to do one thing. Call on the name of Jesus, and you have salvation. In other words, you'll be delivered, set free. All this stuff's going to happen to you. But you've got to make that choice. Everybody out there in live stream, you do the same. If you never received Jesus, I want you to say this after me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. That's why I'm talking to you. Jesus, come into my life. I need this. I believe in you. And I'm accepting you in my life right now. Thank you, Jesus for answering my call. I believe that you're in me. Amen. Now, if you did that the first time in here, I'd like you to just raise your hand because I wrote a book especially for you to help you. But if you did that for the first time, just lift your hands. If you've done it out there, write us, email us, do something. I'll send it to your house, wherever, wherever it is, wherever you want it, I'll send it to you. And you will never, ever, ever get any other letter begging for anything, just that book. How about that?
Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.